Hello and happy Friday. I am coming in. I am always kind of buzzing a bit more than usual. And I'm always buzzing quite a lot uh, if you guys listen regularly because this week we welcomed in a whole new kind of cohort of resetters. So if you are listening, I am definitely going to be addressing some of the kind of week one issues. Um, So things that kind of come up when um, you're just starting out on this journey with me. And uh, firstly, just delighted that you guys are here. Your energy in the group is fantastic. Um, It's actually been really nice. I know we've had a bit of a tech issue with uploading photos in our little tiny group chat. Um, And it's meant that there's been a bit more of an appearance of you guys on Facebook, which I'm loving. So I think the tech issue is actually sorted now um, if you update your app. But maybe let's keep a bit more of a presence in the the wider Facebook community as well, because it's just really, really nice. This is where I want you to belong because, and I might have tricked you into this, um, this isn't a six-week shred. I am not looking um, to get you uh, rapid fat loss over the next six weeks. I am not looking to push you into habits and behaviors that do not belong to you, that don't align with the type of person you want to be or the type of life you want to lead. This six weeks is a reset. So I purposefully don't call it a shred. I'm not helping you drop a dress size in a month. Um, all of those things might happen in the background anyway but actually the focus of this six weeks is to reset your habits to reset your behaviors to give yourself permission to find how you want to move your body how you want to nourish your body to set you a foundational um, level of behavior that you enjoy embedding into your life that makes you thrive because once we've done that we can take your body composition into whatever direction you choose Um, So I'm going to be addressing some of the things that have happened sort of in this first week. But I thought what would be really good, and there was um, a paper that I have looked at and sort of been listening to uh, people's comments on. And it was actually from Weight Watchers, which if any of you have experienced Weight Watchers, I wouldn't say that I necessarily feel very aligned with any of their ethos um, or sort of their values when it comes to fat loss. But what they did do was they did a really interesting study of 6,000 members who had successfully managed to um, lose weight and then maintain those results um, for three years or more. And it was really about kind of top tips. So what had the guys done? So the guys who were living in these um, bodies that were obviously at a a lower body weight, hopefully obviously sort of falling into a healthy BMI, how had they not only lost the weight, how had they actually maintained that weight loss? Because it's all very easy. And I know at the beginning of this process, I ask you to reflect on times you might have lost weight before and anybody can lose weight like it's it's not magic the magic isn't being able to drop scale weight we all know that you know if push came to shove if we had an event coming up we could probably um stay compliant enough with what we need to do what we know we need to do again we all know what we need to do to drop body fat but actually there's nothing particularly special about that the key is really finding out how you can embed these healthier and happier behaviors to keep you living in a body that is optimized. Um, And again, I know I've talked about it a lot in previous podcasts, but you might almost have a bit of a skewed idea about 
the fact that you need to live in this smaller body. And I know with lots of you, I might even be challenging that a little bit now with, okay, but is that really the goal? Maybe there's a better goal. Maybe there's a better goal around just embedding some healthier, happier behaviors first. Maybe you're already living in a very fit, healthy, lean body. And maybe this pursuit of always thinking that you have to go into shrinkage as it's the only goal you can imagine being worthy isn't really the goal that you need. And there could be uh, a better goal, maybe a performance goal, maybe a goal around getting stronger, um, kind of more metabolically active um, and sort of setting yourself some performance markers to see if you can improve on over the next six weeks. Maybe um, you are living in a body that is already at a really kind of healthy body weight and it will be more important for your future self uh, for you to be thinking about increasing your protein so you can recover from your training, to think about incrementally loading your weights and getting stronger. And actually, maybe that is going to have more value for your future self than just to always kind of think about fat loss. And sometimes building your body is a better or healthier focus to have initially. And then once you are living in this body, which has a great set of behaviors that is more metabolic because you've actually taken the time to um, grow some muscle, then you can decide if you're still feeling a bit fluffy on the edges, whether you want to kind of move into a calorie deficit and um, look at fat loss for a short period of time. None of this has been written down on my <laughs> sheet as ever. I'm just uh, obviously going off piste. So I'm just going to talk about um, some of the things that these guys, these Weight Watchers um, participants fed back. And they basically talked about um, their motivations, the strategies they used, the struggles that they had, and how did they manage this long term? How did they manage their weight long term? Like, why didn't the weight just all go back on again? And again, just have a little reflection if you've had successful fat loss previously but then you've ended up back to the original weight it was probably because you weren't really enjoying the process of looking after yourself it was probably that the habits and the behaviors that you had to maintain to keep living in that body they weren't compatible with real life they they maybe weren't enjoyable maybe you hadn't really taken the time to bespoke them to your life and you were just taking on board like an alien set of habits and eating behaviors and training behaviors that just didn't align with um the type of person you are or the type of person you want to be or the type of life you're wanting to be living and that really keeps you trapped because you're thinking back, oh gosh, if only I could do 24 gym classes and uh, eight runs, I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. And I've been there. And I, you, I think before life really kicks in, maybe you can um, out train like not looking after your nutrition and not looking after your movement. But as you become a real grown up and you start getting demands of work and maybe family life and you know, realizing that there's more to life than maybe just doing cardio all the time, then you're suddenly frustrated because you're like, oh, the only way I know how to maintain my weight is by getting on that kind of hamster wheel. And I want us all kind of moving away from that. So the first bit uh, or the first bit of advice they said was about learning from setbacks. So 
this really ties in nicely with you guys who are resetting and actually all of you as a little note to be using that evening, particularly the evening routine of writing down what has gone well and how can you improve tomorrow? Because this isn't about um, what happens for one day in isolation. It's not about what happens if you, I don't know, go off on holiday for a week. It's about kind of reflecting on what's gone well in a day and then setting an intention for how you feel things might go better, how things could go better tomorrow. How can you kind of bubble wrap a behavior that you're really wanting to see in your life? So say, for example, today you didn't get your steps in and rather than kind of just being like, oh, I should have got them in and I didn't because I had to wait in for the delivery man and oh, you know, really beat yourself up about it. Instead, you could text a friend and be like, why don't we walk from here to here, grab a coffee and you know that you have future proofed your steps for tomorrow stop thinking about isolated incidences and really pan out, see the bigger picture. Your body composition isn't going to remember that there were one or two days where you maybe didn't get your energy balance right or you didn't train three times, you only trained once. Your body composition cares about how you're nourishing it, training it and moving it over a period of months and years. That's what comprises your body composition if you like so stop getting hung up on the tiny little details of kind of what happens in a morning or a day or a party or a dinner doesn't matter what matters is your response to that behavior so it really is about imperfect action but using that reflective process and really knowing that even if you've had a bit of a setback, it's your response to that setback that matters. It isn't actually the event that is going to be the thing that kind of unravels this um, quest for a newer uh, pattern of behavior that you really, really want for all of those important reasons you guys tell me you're coming to me for, to make you more kind of future-proofed, to make kind of future hormonal changes easier, to kind of, uh, you know, manage your weight, get down to a healthy weight. All of those things that really, really matter um, are not hung up on these like single setback episodes. It's your response, and I'm gonna keep saying it, it's your response to the kind of off track behavior, if you like, that is important. It's not the fact that things have maybe gone a bit topsy-turvy. That's going to happen, that's part of life. Um, so just learning from it and journaling is so, so key for that and writing it down. Don't just have it in your head. Use a pen, use a paper every night. What went well? What could I do better tomorrow? Move on. So kind of forget about it. The next time you get to realign your actions with the type of person you're wanting to be, just take that opportunity. So go out for a walk, even if it's dark, get a podcast in your ears. You will come back like a whole new person with a whole new uh, kind of set of motivation, just kind of waiting to be tapped into once you've just realigned yourself because it's frustrating always feeling like you're kind of sabotaging yourself because you know what you want and it can yeah just make you start to feel like you're in this sort of mud and you're stuck so just 
learn from any kind of off track behavior, if you like, I don't really like calling it that, but anything that isn't maybe fully aligned with the goal you've chosen and just make sure the next thing you do does line up. That if you imagine you've got kind of um, money boxes and you've named the money boxes, the type of person you're wanting to be. So the type of person who trains every time you do a training session, you have stuck a coin in that piggy bank. You are the type of person that nourishes your body with a rainbow of vegetables and is protein centric. Every time you do that, you pop a um, coin in that money box and imagine those money boxes filling up. You're the type of person who walks everywhere. Every time you walk somewhere, previously you would have drived, pop a coin in that money box. The next thing they talk about is it's really again about taking it day by day so it can be really overwhelming for some of you coming to work with me it might be that you feel like you have got a lot of fat to lose and you're you've got quite a big goal so your kind of overall goal might feel quite overwhelming and this is where things like the habit tracker are going to really come in handy because it breaks it down I just want you to become, I don't, I don't really want you to become like a robot, but I want you to just focus on those actions. So stop thinking about your goal. Stop being overwhelmed by this feeling that you've got this enormous goal to achieve and instead focus on winning the day. So every day, tick off your steps. Every day, tick off your nutrition. Every day, you know, or three times a week, tick off your training and do your journaling and just tick off those habits and stop thinking about that kind of big goal that you might have, that kind of ultimate place that you feel like you want to arrive at. Bring it all down very basically, kind of all of those questions like, okay, I know my big goal is that, but how would kind of looking after myself better look today? How could I look after myself a bit better? How could I love myself a bit more today? What would that look like? And really just thinking about winning the day really nicely. And obviously this like resonated with me. They talked about the importance of having a support group and the importance of being able to um, sort of utilize that group to reset your mindset. And when I created the challenges, when I created this online community, it is phenomenal, the power. And I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, well, I would really benefit much more from just having a one-to-one a -one PT. And I would just say, you, I just, I don't think you could kind of put into words how much power and influence um, the group community will be having on things like your mindset and your behaviors, because we all do like to conform to a norm. So once you join the challenges, you are in a community where we have a set of kind of fundamental behaviors that are expected of you. So everybody is striving to achieve their movement goals. Everybody's striving to improve and multicolor their nutrition and become a bit more protein centric. Everybody's striving to pick up something heavy, ideally three times a week. So we've all got these kind of common values and seeing other people do it in the group, hearing about other people's struggles, knowing that there's people in the group who have similarly demanding jobs or similarly sedentary jobs and seeing how people are navigating that and sometimes succeeding and sometimes sort of maybe not succeeding and how how things can be adjusted to make sure because I do want you to feel like you're always succeeding or at least moving in and nudging I like the word nudging nudging in the right direction 
So definitely that talk of kind of the usefulness of support groups I thought was brilliant. And then there was something about embracing the process and falling in love with that process. I want you to enjoy looking after yourself so much that if I said, well, actually, okay, you can go back to your old behaviors um, or you can keep these new ones. And either way, I promise you, your body composition is gonna stay static. So, like, there will be no changes, either positively or negatively. I want you to be so in love with the process of looking after yourself, so in love with the way those actions make you feel that you would still select them over your sort of previous habits and behaviors. And that's about really embracing the process and ticking those behaviors off and actually learning to enjoy looking after yourself better. And there has to be some reframing sometimes about what looking after yourself better is and our thoughts and feelings around um, those patterns of behaviors that are really self-loving -lo and not self-soothing are really important because you might, if you're still stuck in that diet um, mindset, it might be, oh, I can't have that cake um, every day that I really used to like having with my coffee. If instead you reframe that to, well, I can have that cake, but actually I know that when I was doing that every day, it, although it felt nice in the moment, it wasn't moving me in the direction of travel I want to be. It was making me feel heavy in my body. It's making me feel a bit sluggish. It was making um, me kind of maybe um, feel heavy in my body. And over time, actually, although in that very moment of having cake every day with my coffee, it felt great, felt like that was a quality of life I wanted. Ultimately, it wasn't really looking after myself. So reframing it and maybe then seeing that the, the loving action is, it makes me feel wonderful to have quite a protein centric lunch with a rainbow of fruits and vegetables. It makes me feel incredible. It feels like a treat to be able to have that choice of, you know, filling my plate up with food that is full of flavor and texture and crunch. So just reframing it. It's not that you can't have McDonald's, go for it, have one. But the problem, well, not really a problem, but for me, I know I can have a McDonald's, but actually if there was a choice, there's probably like a zillion other things I would choose to do. Not because there's anything wrong with McDonald's and not because if I ate a McDonald's in um, isolation, it would do anything to my body composition, but it doesn't feel like a treat anymore. It would actually feel like kind of the lesser option because I'd be like, oh, you know, there's not that much maybe flavor and there's no change in texture. There's not that lovely crunch or, you know, there's not that kind of um, eye appeal when I look down at all of the beigeness, I'd be thinking, actually, I do love a gherkin, I'm not going to lie. Um, but again, just kind of reframing, what is a treat? And when you start seeing the treat food as those amazing, nourishing, beautiful flavors that you're starting to pull together, hopefully using the plate method, that's the treat. And your beliefs around the fact that that is the treat um, is really, really quite a powerful mindset shift. So definitely kind of falling in love with that process of looking after you better. I also asked you guys to talk about, um, well, actually I asked you guys in the group to give some tips and I'm just gonna really quickly go through it because I know they were in the group, but there were some really nice ones here. Um, so I asked guys who were already or who, who already have been in the group for a while um, to just say what their top tip to you new guys would be. And we had some really nice ones. So just keep chipping away. 
you won't always be perfect but you just have to trust the process. So get out of your head that this is like a, this short-term thing where you have to be really strict and perfect. Perfectionist mindset, I've done a whole podcast on it, is likely keeping you stuck. So just keep chipping away, nudge, chip, have those words in your head. That is what we're striving for. There was a lovely thing about just listening to the podcast. And I do believe there's nearly 50 episodes now. If you can habit link, so if you can get your steps in whilst listening to a podcast, they're mostly about half an hour long. That would be fantastic. Um, so definitely doing that. There was something um, that Rianne said about celebrating your um, victories and achievements. So it doesn't matter how small it is. If you've managed to do one workout this week, like celebrate that. That's fantastic. And I don't mean celebrate it by thinking, oh, I did a workout, so I deserve the cake. I earned the cake. Hopefully, you know by now to sever any link between your nutrition and your training. They are not related. I am not interested by how many calories your fitness um, watch thinks you've burned. Don't want you eating it back. I want you to celebrate the behavior by thinking, well done me, well done my body for getting through that. Uh, put a little tick in the habit box, track your workout, let us know in the group that you've done it, like celebrate it. Maybe your treat is to have a relaxing bath. Maybe your treat is to go and meet a friend for coffee and tell them how brilliantly you're doing, whatever it is, but take a moment to celebrate. I actually saw a girl running the other day and it was really lovely. She ran up an incline and then she just broke out into a little celebratory dance. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so maybe do that. Just, just something. Um, I've talked about it on previous podcasts, but something to help that um, reward loop. So you do a behavior, the behavior might feel quite hard, but if immediately after there's something that feels quite rewarding, so the buzz of ticking off a workout or a habit um, box tick, something that's going to reinforce that loop is really, really um, fantastic. Um, we had someone saying that their top tip was just the plate method. And if you are a bit confused, should you be calorie counting? Should you be using the plate method? Why not just start if there's, if there's friction with using my fitness pal for whatever reason, I don't ever really want anyone using it for more than two or three days. It's just to recalibrate your eye. Find out what 25 grams of protein looks like in the protein sources that you enjoy eating. Make sure that appears in every meal. It's very easy to find that out just by looking at the back of a uh, package and seeing per 100 grams, how much would you need to eat to get your kind of 20 or 25 grams and then build your plate of food around it. If in two weeks you um, have been after fat loss and you don't feel the plate method is working, it will be working and it might be that we've nailed the plate method and now that we just either move down to a slightly smaller plate or give your green leafy vegetables a bit more emphasis and we kind of uh, readdress the balancing of your plate. But there is no rush with this. I've said to a few of you on like uh, just messaging one-to-one, -one, it's not a sprint. It's more like an enjoyable, I was going to say it's more like a marathon, but they're not particularly enjoyable. So let's let's call it a lovely stroll uh, through a lovely uh, uh, woodland. I was going to say wonderland. Um, and then there was something and a really good tip here on a workout day. And this comes from Hiker. And there's not many more people who could have such an intensive job as well as three children under six, I'm going to say. But anyway, I know she's been working at 5.45 a.m., which is highly uh, commendable. But she says on her workout day, she puts Lycra out. So can you remove some barriers? You know what your barriers are. If one of them is getting up in the morning and doing your workout, 
for me i have to normally retrieve some weights from the car or the garage i have to bring it into the lounge make sure my alarm set my lycra is out there needs to be um, the least resistance possible when something's feeling a bit tricky and there was a really lovely tip here about just be kind to yourself and just take one day at a time which i really liked and uh, meal prep came uh, from Vicky, which again, there was a really lovely comment from a, a recent resetter. And she was like, I don't know how previously um, I managed without meal planning because I'm so busy. And for so many of us, we use busyness as a reason not to train, as a reason not to plan our food or prep. But actually the reframe on that is I'm so busy like my life is so hectic. If I do not plan, if I do not cook up some vegetables all at once, all together, if I do not, I don't know, make up three breakfast pots, you know, I'm not going to have time to look after myself and you need to have the time to look after yourself. So I would actually argue the busier you are, in a way, the easier it is to engage in these habits of planning your workouts and sticking them in your diary and planning when you're going to meal prep because you don't have time not to. So um, there we go. That's a little, I, I reframed that busyness for you. I'm going to talk a little bit about some barriers. So I asked on Instagram and I asked you uh, newbies um, about what kind of barriers people are coming across. And there's a lovely one here and it's the, I will do it tomorrow barrier. And when you hear yourself, when you hear that little voice pipe up and try and protect you in the moment and get you sat on the sofa and it says, oh, just do it tomorrow. I want you to challenge that voice. And a little bit like if you, sometimes it's good to kind of give the voice in your head that's kind of a little bit derailing, like a, an alter ego maybe, like name it. And if your child had something hard to do and they just wanted to postpone it, you'd probably say, oh, but you'll feel so much better when you just get it done. And it really is the same. So I want you to firstly ask your question, like, how could I love myself right? How could I love myself more now? What would that look like? Would that look like doing the workout or would it look like doing the workout tomorrow? And what would my future me like? And it was really nice. I think Sam came on and was like, uh, she did her workout and she did it in the evening and she wishes she had done it in the morning. So thinking about your future you, I want you to think about what that person would like you to do. And it is likely that they would like you to do it now. So stop waiting um, for tomorrow. Sometimes making like a little bargain with yourself. Like I'm just going to put on my Lycra, like I'm going to put my workout outfit and if I do the first five minutes and I still want to do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. But the thing is, and this is the magic, I don't think that's ever happened. Or if you're coming along to a live workout, I'm just going to turn up to the live workout. If I want to leave it, I can leave it. I don't think in the history of me doing live workouts, anyone's actually left unless a child started vomiting or something. So again, just kind of just bargain yourself, trick yourself a little bit. So I'm just going to put my workout stuff on anyway, or I'm just going to do a 10 minute workout, or I'll just do the warm up and then see how you feel and reevaluate because you'll put your workout outfit on. Uh, the adrenaline will start pumping. You'll start to get those um, endorphins, that feel good, good hormone. So just start to uh, 
play devil's advocate a bit and just kind of convince yourself into doing the first, getting over those first few hurdles. Because once you've got the weights out, once you're in the right outfit, once you've got a glass of water and you've just pressed play, the rest will be so much easier. The other barrier, and this is particular to week one, I'm not saying it will never happen again, but it's delayed onset muscle soreness, otherwise known as DOMS. If you are feeling particularly sore because you are not somebody who regularly squats and lunges and does press-ups, etc., the easiest thing is obviously do your workout, maybe have a day of rest, maybe do the mobility on your rest day to stretch those muscles, do your steps, make sure you're walking. And then the next day, have that bargain with yourself. Well, I'll do half of it and see how my muscles feel because the magic thing about muscles is as soon as they warm up, they stop hurting. So do trust in that and don't let your brain be too protective because it might start getting in your way. So kind of shut that bit off and just think, well, actually I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna feel much better once I've just um, rewarmed those muscles. So definitely just get back on and, tick off those three workouts. Also had a question and it was really nice. And one of you new guys um, sort of popped it up in the afternoon because it is always, I am convinced. I, I don't prescribe when you should have a high protein snack. <laughs> I've got to say, tends to be the afternoon slump. So around three or four o'clock that you just feel that need to reach for something sugary. And I think the lovely question was, can I have chocolate? And it was like, it's dark chocolate, 90%. And I just want you all to know, particularly if you're new, if you've been here a while, you probably already know this. You have complete permission to have a Milky Way. Like I don't give a monkeys what you eat. You have complete permission to eat every single food that exists in the world. All I want you to think about is how that um, snack is maybe going to be serving your body. Could you make it better? So if you are really craving some chocolate, um, I, my top tip would be those um, in Aldi. You can buy these really small self-contained bars. I think they're about 20 grams or 25 grams of all different types of chocolate. There's nothing particularly, there's no halo effect of foods, like have whatever you want, but have a portion size that is mindful of your overall goal. So there's nothing derailing about having a bit of chocolate. If you wanted it every single day, it's going to be about kind of the dose of that chocolate. It's also going to be about how your blood sugar responds to it. So if you're wanting some chocolate, why not have it with like a few raspberries and maybe a bit of Greek yogurt? And you have just transformed your sugary craving into a much more complete nourishing snack that your body can do something with. Because if you're starting to train, it's gonna really benefit from the protein in the Greek yogurt. Uh, your body is generally going to love you for the little micronutrients in the raspberries. And the chocolate is going to, well, it's gonna, uh, perk you up a bit. There's probably a bit of caffeine in there if it's really dark and it's going to hit the sweet spot and it's just going to make you feel great. So I want you to think about more even with your chocolate. So you want a bit of chocolate, have it by all means, but think about how much of it's going to feel good. Like the first square is delicious. The second square is delicious, but there is something called, and I do believe there's a podcast on it, the law of diminishing returns. And if you think about that kind of benefit burden ratio of choosing to continue to eat it. So like once you're on the sixth square, are you getting as much bang um, for your pleasure buck as you were 
um, on the first square. Of course you're not. And actually it's then kind of tilting you into kind of voting for that type of person who can't just eat one square of chocolate, that kind of stuck narrative. Once I've had a square, I have to have the whole bar. So I want you to instead reframe that snack. And um, uh, Kim is amazing and I know she's an avid listener. And uh, when she went through the reset, she used to feel that uh, with, um, I'm trying to think, lotus biscuits, that, you know, it would be the whole pack gone. But the reframe on that snack was two lotus biscuits. And I think there was a bit of fruit, maybe a bit of seeds going on, some Greek yogurt. So rather than not having the biscuit or not having the chocolate or not having the cake, think about could you just make it more of a complete snack, something that kind of ticks off that high protein mid-afternoon snack. And if you can do that, it's going to be great because not only have you included a food that you love, you have also voted for being the type of person who has had like a high protein snack in the afternoon to help get you through to dinner. So there is nothing, and I repeat, there is nothing that you can't eat. So if I see, if I ever see any of you around, if you are local, often people will be like, oh, don't look at me, I'm eating cake. I, you know, I, I want you to eat cake. I want you, I want to see you include all the foods that you love in your diet, but I want them to be at a quantity uh, that is in line with the goal you've chosen because you have chosen your goal. Um, I didn't choose your goal. I, I would never say to anyone, right, I think you need to pursue fat loss. Like if you have chosen that, then again, you just need to make sure that decisions you're making throughout your day are aligning the majority of the time with your choice. And I, I've spoken about the Twinkie experiment before. You can exist, and I think someone did it with McDonald's. You can exist on um, food with very, very low nutritional density and still lose fat. So you could live on cake. And as long as you just didn't eat that much of it and you still stayed within your, I don't know, 1600 calories, you would lose fat. So there is no food, I repeat, no food that you can't eat. Also for you, particularly new people, but I think because it's Friday, it's a good time to talk about socializing because the world does feel like it's opening up a bit more. And somebody who reset was like, oh, before I signed up to the six week reset, I'd already committed to going out for all these lovely dinners out. Um, you know, what do I do? And that kind of feeling of panic. And obviously there is no panic about that. And my response is, this is amazing. So we have basically got you living your real life because you, there's never, I really hope nobody has six weeks with no social events. There's always going to be social events. And I want you to be able to see that even if you have a change in body composition goal, that you can still enjoy a social life. There's a different podcast that's probably worth visiting if you're new and you're thinking, ah, but how can I stay in line with my goals and go out and eat? Because obviously that is one choice. There's one choice and listen to that podcast to go out and enjoy a meal and still be able to kind of across the week come out um, in the right type of balance for your goal. But there's also a time to enjoy a minority behavior, which might be a tasting menu. And it might be that you can't control what you're ordering off the menu and you're just going to relax and enjoy a minority pattern of behavior that doesn't happen every day. That is massively beneficial for your overall all well-being and mental health and it's enjoyable. And I don't want guilt to be associated with any style of eating. I want it to be that all um, behaviors and um, habits 
and patterns of eating are completely acceptable and normal and that you can enjoy them. You can go off piste, you can enjoy them because it isn't going to be those once every, I don't know, once a year, you probably go out for a, a tasting menu or a couple of times a year that is going to determine your body composition. Your body composition is determined by how you're treating it over weeks, months, and years. So stop being so kind of micro-focused, see the bigger picture. This kind of also really ties in nicely um, one of the newbies was talking about how they had really good intentions and then they had to stay indoors all day uh, for a delivery and then somebody came around with a homemade chocolate cake. And you could see that as a barrier, as a negative, or you could reframe it. And there's a podcast all about reframing, but the reframe on having to stay indoors all day could be, right, okay, so I've got a whole day where I'm needing to stay indoors so what could I do? Oh, I could do the walking video, maybe. I could still get in 3.4 thousand steps without leaving the house. I could like tidy up, just not be so sedentary, kind of moving up and down stairs, kind of get sorted with the house. So on another day, maybe I could go for a longer outdoor walk because again, it's your average over the week, not your average that day that's going to matter. You could also reframe it as being a great time to fit in an exercise video. If the delivery man comes, you can press pause, it's fine. So it's reframing it to think, well, actually, what can I achieve today? Oh, I'm stuck indoors. I could actually prep some food. This is a great opportunity for me to um, journal, set my intentions for today. Think about bubble wrapping these new baby behaviors that I want and for me to brainstorm. And I'm guessing most delivery drivers, they come probably before the evening. So then thinking about, okay, so I know I've got a sedentary day today, but I know that I've got a really nice gap between six and seven. I can get a podcast in my ears. I can go and watch the sunset or I can go out and just get some steps, get some me time and reframing it. So there is nothing that can derail you once you learn how to reframe um, barriers. So just think about what's the reframe on this? How could I use this to my benefit? For example, one of the challenges had a long train journey. Her reframe was like, oh, okay, but I can prep my overnight oats. If you have got a long train journey, you can maybe listen to some podcasts, you could maybe do some journaling, take some time, read a book. So just always think about how could I reframe this to serve me better? And in regards to the homemade chocolate cake, great. How nice um, that you've got a friend who likes you enough to bake a cake. So the reframe would be, isn't that lovely? But then also how much of the chocolate cake do you, is she expecting you to eat the whole half of the cake? Like, I think that would be, uh, you know, not pleasurable, like it's just gonna make you feel sick. So thinking about having a slice of that cake, thinking about the portion size that feels nice, a portion of cake is going, like even if it's the most decadent cake in the whole world, like it's probably somewhere between 300 to 500 calories. Like there's a lot of calories to play with in a day. And it might be that normally you'd have a high protein snack and that day it's just a piece of cake instead. And then you wait and the next time you get to eat, you line it up with your goal of being someone who's protein centric um, and somebody who eats a rainbow with their dinner and then you're just back to normal. So it's your response to the sedentary day. It's your response to the cake that came out of nowhere or the surprise cheese board or the, the invite out for a, a dinner that just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, ah, but how does this align with what I'm trying to do? 
have the bigger have the bigger picture kind of zoom out look at kind of if you could optimize any of those things like with the cake do you have some berries do you have a bit of greek yogurt or some creme fraiche do you have something that you could add to it so you have a smaller slice of cake and then you have some fruit with it like is there a way you could put something um like some protein with it so again greek yogurt do you have um I always have a lot of Greek yogurt, but a dollop of that with a bit of cake, you're gonna need less cake. You've got a handful of raspberries, boom, you've got a high protein bit of cake. So again, can you just reframe some of these barriers and challenges? Somebody was asking about what happens if you can't fit in all three workouts. And what I would say is obviously, I would love you to pick up resistance three times a week. Um, if you are somebody who doesn't pick up any resistance at the moment and you just did it once a week, you would get massive gains from that. And there isn't anything magic. I just want you to get um, used to looking after yourself better. I want you to have training slots because we can then optimize on those. But if you've come from nothing and you just train once a week, but you get your steps in and you start nourishing better, you are going to be living in a body that feels completely different to how your body feels today. So don't kind of beat yourself up. Stop trying to be perfect. Perfectionist mindset is massively holding you back. Um, so yeah, just stop thinking about that and just start thinking about, is this more than I was doing before the reset? As long as the answer is yes. Is this nudging in the direction of travel I want to be going in? As long as the answer is yes, you're spot on and you're perfect. So don't overthink it. Perfectionism is not necessary, but nudges and shifts in the direction you want to travel is certainly necessary. But once that habit's there, once you're a person who consistently trains twice a week, believe it or not, I'm sure you can't imagine this happen yet, but you might become the type of person who wants to train three times a week. Um, and actually, you know, that's easier to embed once you've already got those two training slots in place. But by all means, use the Pilates, use the yoga, go for a bike ride, swim, just move more because your body's going to benefit. There's nothing particularly magic. And then the very last thing I wanted to talk about, um, I think uh, it was lovely Jackie was asking about motivation and I don't want anybody to wait to be motivated to work out or eat better because I do think motivation is a little bit of uh, a derailing, maybe a bit like your brain trying to protect you from these changes you want to make, wanting to keep you static. Stop waiting for motivation and just start relying on scheduling. So start relying on the fact that you've put it in your diary, you've got to go. You've said on Facebook that you're going to go in at 7am and do workout too. So you're going to have to do it. You're going to put your face up on the group after you've done it. You've done, you've said it now. If, if I waited and I am a highly, anyone who knows me knows I do quite like exercise, but if I always waited to be motivated, so at this morning, 6.30, um, did I really, was it my absolute goal to come down and work out? No. Am I pleased I did it? Yes. Did I wait for motivation? No. I, I have the habit that it's a day that I work out, so I work out. Stop waiting for motivation to either nourish better or to move more or to train more consistently. Start relying instead on using your diary and planning it in, seeing it there, removing those barriers by being ready, putting your workout outfit out, getting your alarm set, write it down, write down now, when are the three times you're gonna train this week? 
whatever that training is, when are those spots? Commit to them. If it helps, put it up on the group that you're doing it. Look for a buddy. Um, anything that is going to hold you accountable, tell me. I love hearing that you guys are going to work out. Tag me on Instagram. I'm going in at, I don't mind. Make yourself accountable and then show up for yourself and start voting. Once you've got a money box filled up, with being the type of person that works out even when they're not motivated, that in itself is motivating. So I think motivation often comes as an after effect of, of doing the work. And there was a real, I'm gonna end on this because, oh my goodness, I can talk. It's about the laundry. And it was a quote from somebody who had done the Weight Watchers thing and kept the weight off. And they said that basically having sort of, weight management and the success of weight management it's a little bit like thinking about um doing your laundry obviously you can do your laundry once but the laundry will keep building up and that's the reason you have to keep doing the work you can't just expect to be like i don't know that holy grail of getting to the end of the wash basket like that's not going to last unless you keep doing the work and there's nothing magic about if you've just joined me six weeks, you're going to have to keep doing this work of looking after yourself better for the long term. This is a lifestyle change. It's not a quick shred. I'm not interested in how much weight you lose over the next six weeks. I'm interested in whether we're setting a better foundation of habits to future proof yourself. So think about looking after yourself a bit like the laundry. You've got to keep chipping away at it. It's better to put on a wash like every day and keep the wash basket at a low level than kind of wait for it to all build up and then feel really overwhelmed. So think about it if that uh, resonates with you, if you can imagine what it might feel like to have a wash basket that never empties and think about future-proofing uh, yourself and what your future you would like to do. I know the the me of tomorrow wants me to put on at least two loads of washing today. So that's what I will do. Very quickly, last things, goal setting. Unless you're brand new, in which case just don't listen. If you are part of the Challenges long-term crew, we are going in with a live six-week goal setting. If you haven't tapped into the magic that is having me, having yours truly, to hear about where you want to take your body composition, where you want to take your training, um, over the next six weeks, do it, turn up, get visible. You are about 8,000 times more likely to do what you intend and wish to do if you show up for goal setting. So Monday, goal setting, 7 p.m. on Zoom. We have a live challenges, uh, brilliant workout, which will be a medley of everything on Sunday at 9.30. And if you're upgraded or if you're a newbie, we've got yoga coming in from Barcelona, uh, 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So make sure you're there for that too. Guys, do um, post up to Instagram with a snapshot of the podcast if you enjoy listening to it. If you can share it with friends who you think need to hear any of these amazing little golden nuggets of joy. Um, any questions, I love hearing them. And if anyone, I think a few of you have even done it, but rate, like, review the podcast. Apparently that will help when eventually I take over the world and become um, the Southeast's answer to Joe Wicks. <laughs> so guys, thanks for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.